0: This is the Mulligan's Podcast, a real estate podcast focused on the duo.
1: We created this podcast to share the stories of real estate individuals who have built their business from the ground up or have lost everything and are working to get it back.
0: I'm Hayden Wright. I'm Austin Cole. And, and we, we are your hosts. hosts.
1: On today's episode, we have Bailey Kramer. Bailey started investing in Airbnb properties when he was a sophomore in college. He didn't have any money to start out with, but through the power of networking and educating himself, he met the right partners and has done quite a few Airbnb properties today. Listen close to today's episode. Bailey, thanks so much for jumping on, man. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Hey, Hayden and Austin. Super excited to
1: be here. Absolutely, man. Well, let's get right into it. So Bailey, if you could tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I am a... 21-year-old senior in college right now. I go to school in Orlando, Florida. My family lives in Wisconsin, so I'm actually here for our school winter break right now, holiday break. And I am really, at the heart of it, a full-time real estate investor. I focus on Airbnbs now. In the past, I've done fix and flips. I've done and have long-term rentals as well. New focus is more on the... um, Short-term rental side, Airbnbs, VRBOs, Verbos, um, also doing some management as well. And pretty much doing everything remote as well. So n- my stuff is kind of all over the place. I'm all I like to travel. So I'm all over the place. And that's why I like real estate, is because and the what you know, what I'm doing is it's really about designing. The reason why I jumped into real estate is because I realized I can design my life how I want to, and my real estate will complement it. So I'm doing that on a smaller scale now. And, you know, as things grow bigger and bigger, it'll, it'll be awesome.
0: (laughs) So do you have a single market you're
2: investing in or you're investing in a bunch of different markets? So I'm investing in two main markets, really, really one, one main market. And then we have one property that's 45 minutes away. It's just like another vacation hotspot. Um, So one is in Northern Illinois and it's basically right on the border of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And then what, then the one property is just 45 minutes North in a, in a city in Wisconsin called Lake Geneva. So that's the main thing for the, for my, the properties that I own. And then the properties that I manage are the properties in Illinois, plus an additional property in Illinois that I don't own. And then two in North Carolina. And then again, I go to school in Orlando. So doing this all remotely. And then I also manage one in Indiana as well.
1: So now how did you come into managing them? Is it your own property management company?
2: Essentially, yes. Um, Basically, I was self-managing my own properties. And just through networking, I, you know, just growing, building relationships. One um, woman that I was connected with was managing a couple Airbnbs for other people. And she came to me and she's like, I am, I'm just not liking this anymore. <laughs> do you want to, <laughs> do you want to take over, you know, future? Cause she had some leads coming in. So she's like, I have a couple of people who are looking for property managers. Do you want to, you know, co-host and, and manage their properties? I said, yeah, let's do it. So that's kind of how it started. And it's pretty much, just been referrals since.
1: So what are the benefits to managing those properties?
2: Like, how does it help you? It gives me money. Yeah. <laughs> <No>, so, <laughs> um, it it helps in a lot of ways. So, like one thing, I think a misconception, like it, it's really not as time intensive or like crazy to manage short term rental properties, in my opinion. A lot of it's already automated with the software you reuse. So honestly, like the, the biggest benefit is number one, our, our our all of our pricing honestly goes down with our software. But what but what I realized from managing all these different places. <laughs> Is it's been a great learning experience because I can manage properties. I can I can acquire more properties to manage faster than I can that I can actually buy property. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's basically sped up my learning curve a lot faster because I, I again I started practicing and learning on my own properties, but now I'm speeding up that learning curve with other people's properties, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm pretty I'm extremely comfortable with it, and now it's my time where. I'm going to pick a market for ma- uh, the management side and stay there because it's a lot easier to scale economies of scale when you're in one market. So I am going to do that. But for now, it's just been a benefit of learning on other people's properties, honestly. So is your focus
0: now moving forward with just your managing or still doing both?
2: No. So it's funny. I I The whole management thing happened, honestly, on accident and I I got into real estate to own, to own for the long-term. So mm-hmm. like I said, I, I've done two fix and flips. I don't like them. If I'm going to buy it, I want to hold it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm in for the long haul now. What I realized with the management piece is, you know, I, again, I, I do enjoy it. I think it's a cool piece of the business. I really like the short-term rental game. So what I'm going to do to be most efficient is... Stick in the Pinehurst market that's where in North Carolina mm-hmm. and start building my portfolio my my management portfolio there because it's a lot easier to manage twenty properties in one area than it is to mar- to manage five here five there it's, it's way more complicated mm-hmm. I'm also moving to uh, Durham North Carolina most likely next year after the the school year ends so I really like the North Carolina market. That's where my attention is soon to be headed, but um, yeah, re- not really growing the management company other than in Pinehurst, and then really <sighs> focusing on the investing side.
1: So we kind of skipped over it here. But why do you like Airbnbs? And why did you get into that first?
2: Yeah, so we got into it really on accident. We we're doing, and that's what, I think I think that's what everyone says. But no, like we're we're doing a lot of cold calling and text messaging. Um, to acquire properties, and we were we were successful with it. Um, we acquired again the fix and flips. We did a couple long term rentals, and then we had one really hot lead, and we're like, all right, he's motivated seller, like checked all the boxes, but the property was eight, it was seven hundred seventy nine thousand dollars. It was huge, had a guest house, had a tennis court on the on the driveway, wow. was on a two and a half acres on lakefront. It was like we were not going to rent this out to on a long-term lease. It just, mm-hmm. and, and we didn't want to fix and flip it because at the time it was, I mean, even still, I don't know, all, all the properties on the, on this Lake, they, they were all so different from each other. And this, this would be my third fix and flip. And I was not ready to like, take a huge, take down a huge $800,000 purchase price, $200,000 rehab. And Hope to sell it for like one point something, that wasn't like it was just I I wasn't leaning that way, especially you know in the rookie stages. Mm. So we thought like, okay, well we don't want to like let let this one go. What else can we do with it? And then we're like, what if we did like a short term rental with it? So we went on Airbnb, looked at other properties, and we're like, wait, I think our next door neighbor is doing this. So literally, (laughs) our literally our next door neighbor had a short term rental. He's running his property. It was a little bit smaller than ours. But we said, all right, like, let's just see what numbers he's doing. And I'm not sure if we met him before we actually closed on it. I don't think we did, honestly. I think we just looked at what his property was doing and said, all right, what if our property can just do a little bit worse than his, even though ours is bigger. We're like, let's just for underwriting purposes, say, say, say it'll do worse. We ran the numbers. We're like, this looks like a really good deal. So we kind of just went for it.
0: Sweet. I know you keep mentioning we, is that your, uh, you have a business partner too?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. And I can get more into that, but yeah. Yeah.
1: If you could, yeah, yeah, yeah. how did you guys meet and and why yeah. are you guys partnered up?
2: So, so funny story. I'll make it, I'll make it quick, brief, but, but very action packed. So when I was first getting into the whole real estate thing, I had, I knew nobody in the space, like legit zero people that were real estate investors, so the network, the networking piece was like huge for me. I, I tried to grow my network super fast. So the way I did it was I, a lot, a lot of different ways, but one of them in particular, how I met this guy is I joined a mastermind group. Mm-hmm. So long, for those who don't know mastermind group, just basically a group of like-minded people joining together who are chasing the same goal. So at the time I was interested in multifamily real estate, joined a multifamily real estate mastermind group, bunch of like-minded people in there. I spent a bunch of months just basically practicing. That's what I call it. Underwriting deals, calling brokers, mm. doing all the motions, but didn't get anywhere with multifamily. Realized it didn't align with my goals. And at the t- you know throughout the whole process, a bunch of people were reaching out to me in the group saying, "Hey Bailey, do you want to help me with this?" Because I had a lot of time on my hands. I was twenty. I was nineteen, twenty years old in college. Like I had nothing to do, but give my time and whatever, and to add value. So I, I did that. And none of that panned out either until finally this other, we, this guy I'm talking about, his <laughs> name's Frank. He came to me and said, Bailey, I, I've been doing single family for a couple of years now. I have, I have some properties, but the market's like super hot and I can't find any deals on the market. Do you want to help me with some off-market lead generation? And I was like, sure. I don't, I, I have no experience. I don't like cold calling or any of that stuff. But like, sure, I'll do it. Like, you know, so we, we learned, we really learned the process together. The only thing we had was or well, he had was like car sales experience. So he's a like kind <laughs> of a, he had some salesman in him. Besides that, we really learned it together from scratch. I would basically hit the phones when I got someone on the phone and he, uh, he, he was teaching me. I mean, he, not that he really knew what he was doing, but he knew more than me. Mm-hmm. He, um, when I got someone on the phone who was interested in selling, I would say, hey, you know, let me let me run the numbers. I'll call you back. I'd call my this guy, pa- Frank, my partner. And I'd say, Frank, we got a hot one on the line, give him a call. So we we worked like that super <laughs> in the beginning. Uh, and then I, I, I got better at it, but I'm still it's still not my thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Of course. So you're kind of generating the leads and then handing that off to Frank. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So how many calls are you guys making? Um, on a week or month basis, or how are you tracking that?
2: Yeah, so we were we we've we've since shut it down, just because there's been I don't know. Long story short, but it was it was very successful, honestly. Basically, th- these were our metrics. We started with text messaging, so we'd send out two thousand text messages at a time to two thousand different people. Is this do like two- a batch service? Yeah, so we used a service called Launch Control. Launch control. So we sent out 2000, we got between a 10 and 20% response rate. Wow. So let's just say, let's just say 10% for these mm-hmm. numbers. So 200 people were to respond out of those 200 people that responded. We get a lot of responses that said, F you <laughs> stop, stop calling me. I don't want to hear from you. So a lot of bad responses, but out of those 200, we had about 10 to 20% that said something that sounded good. Like, sure or I'm interested, or let's talk. Something that, something that was better than an FU. Mm-hmm. So we pushed over 20 to 40 of those 200 over to our CRM, which was Podio. And from those 20 to 40, we'd call them. And typically one to two would be a deal.
1: Okay. So one to two a deal. So you're calling the people that have already responded to your text. So we called now- about
2: 40 people, 20 to okay. 40 people. And typically one of them would... Be a deal.
1: So now, are you calling the people that didn't respond as
2: well? No. So those the people who didn't respond, we we're doing automated follow up with them. Okay. But we didn't pick up the phone until we had something on their end that said something something positive. If they said something positive, oh, wow. we're on the phone. But we didn't until then. We weren't going to spend our time on that.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. And you guys said you kind of are shying shying away from that right now. Is that correct? Yeah. So, how, what? Do you, how do you primarily um, looking to acquire deals now? Or are you Are you focusing on managing the ones you have?
2: Yeah, I mean, managing definitely takes some time. We we've gotten a lot of deals recently. Like one, we're taking down a deal right now. It's literally our next door neighbor. So we've just been building that um, you know relationship since we bought the first property, the the, the big Airbnb that we got. So like that one. There was another one that a realtor posted about in a Facebook group before it went live. So we were working on that one. And then there was another one in a Facebook group that um, someone posted about. So we, we pretty much had our hands tied and have our hands tied right now. And lead generation costs money. And right. if we're getting them for free, we'll take the free, especially if they're working.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know we kind of skipped over this, but you mentioned that your, that property is an $800,000 property. Yeah. How did you go about financing that at 21 years old, not having any.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Great question. And at the time I was, I was 20 years old. It was like the month before my, it was like the month before my birthday. So we, and pretty much all my deals, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, how's this guy, he says he didn't, he didn't know anyone, any real estate people before. Like, how is he funding all these deals? Mm -hmm. Everything we've done, I've done as well, has been either seller financing. It's pretty much a a mixture between seller financing. We've done one cash deal, which was a fix and flip. And then we've done one subject too. But a majority is seller financing. And that's how we did the the big one as well. So we did, um, we had 10% down, a 3% interest rate. We have a five-year balloon. And a thirty-year amortization. That's kind of like the quick numbers on it. Um, Yeah.
1: So, how are you going about that conversation with the seller?
2: Yeah, great question. So, and one of the things that we're one of our like lists that we'd pull is sellers that have um, that have that that own their property outright, no mortgage on Mm -hmm. their property. One hundred percent equity. So, yeah, hundred exactly, hundred percent equity. So it's something like we knew when we were talking to them before, like they don't know, like that when they were talking to us, they didn't know that we knew they didn't have any equity or that, sorry, that they had hundred percent equity, but like we know it. So we're coming in with already really good pieces of information that we know. So it's really just starting with the conversation of, Hey, are you interested in selling your property? <laughs> yeah. And then you know, starts from there. This one in particular it was an expired listing as well. Huh. So we already knew he, like we already knew he wanted to sell the property. We already knew he didn't have any, that he, that he didn't have a mortgage on it. So we just found out why he wanted to sell. And, you know, he, this, it, it was like a wealthier individual. He didn't need the money. He had some health issues and had a big family. Um, he actually had a, island it's like this it's 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 pretty small so don't think like don't think like crazy big but (laughs) he owns a house on this like little island on the lake and he wanted access to he needed like to get his his boat in the water to go to his island like this guy is worth a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) and basically our the house that we bought from him has a boat ramp a boat launch Uh so like there were things that we could work in where you know, we said when we we brought up seller financing, he was already, first of all, open to it. Some, most people don't really know about it, but this guy's like a savvy businessman. Like Mm. he's done it before. He understands it. And he was honestly just open to it. We've had other ones that weren't that easy, but um, again, he was open to it. We made sure that we got what we wanted. He got what he wanted and just made it work.
1: That's awesome. So I like that story so much because, when a lot of people think about cold calling, they think about, you know, calling regular Joes, the retired people, whoever, but you called an actual, you know, business person, a very savvy, um, you know, savvy investor, savvy, whatever they're doing. Um, and you were able to work out and have that conversation with, and a lot of people think that millionaires and wealthy people don't have pain points, but you guys were able to to find those and then twist that knife a little bit and able to work out terms, which were really great. Um, speaking of, so you said there was a 10% down payment. How did you come up with that?
2: 10%. So it was, it, it's really like, so the purchase price was seven seventy nine. So he wanted a hundred thousand dollars down. So it's really like 12 point something mm-hmm. percent. Um, mm-hmm. and he just, he honestly just came up with a number that he wants hundred thousand dollars down. And we said, cool. Like, well, you know, that, 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 that was, that was fine with us. Cause we got all the other terms that we wanted. Mm -hmm. So that's really how that came up. He just wanted his hundred thousand dollars and he was cool with that.
0: And y'all did a money raise
2: for that? Uh, Yeah. So money raised, we, we raised the, uh, we raised the down payment, which was a hundred thousand dollars and we raised an additional $80,000 for rehab. So we put a brand new roof on it. We redid all the bathrooms. We furnished the property. We, but we also did a lot of the work ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I, if someone else was looking at this rehab, they probably would have budgeted on the really lean side, 120-ish thousand, maybe hundred, you know, and then probably $150,000 realistically. We said, let's just put in some sweat equity and do it ourselves for mm-hmm. 80,000. So, <laughs> and, you know, and really work down, like we, we went hard on this property. Um, so we really, we really went on a budget for sure, but we, and it all like the furniture in the property, we, like our couches are free from Facebook marketplace. Our, um, I don't know. We got so many things like at really crazy deals. Cause we just hustled for it. Interesting.
0: And you uh, said so know- this property was in North Carolina or is this one in?
2: This one's in Illinois.
0: Illinois. Okay. Yeah. So is that,
1: were you part of the money raise or was that, was that? more in Frank's court.
2: No, that was that was both of us. Um so again, going back to and the reason why I brought it up cuz it, it's such a it's played such a big role, our mastermind group that we we're both a part mm-hmm. of. It just like getting around those like-minded people, it it was it was a huge deal for us. Like looking back, it's not it wasn't like it, no, sorry. Looking back, it was like crazy big. We're now doing a $900,000 raise, which doesn't even seem Half as bad as the $180,000 rate. So it just comes down to like the networking. And we really had a network that was, we, that basically saw our success with the other properties. So they're like, oh, they just got a fix and flip. Oh, they just got a rental. Oh, they got another rental. Oh, they got another fix and flip. And then when this one came, it was really just like, it wasn't as hard as it really sounded because they were already like, they were ready to go. We, 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 and we also, we also prepped them. Um, we didn't know it was going to be this deal, but we, we, you know, just through conversations, just through talking with people and them, we told them, you know, we're going to be looking to raise more money. We're going to be looking to raise more money. And then this one came around and we're like, all right, we're here. We're ready.
0: All right. So I guess I got a question. Of, so what are your goals in the next three to five years? Like where, where do you want to be in, in five that's,
2: years? That's tough. By the time I, you're that's 26. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And that's actually a question I ask on my podcast. And every time I ask it, I'm like, geez, I don't even know the answer myself. (laughs) So it's tough. Um, In five years, that's a really good question. Basically, okay. So my, I, I don't have honestly any like hard monetary goals per se. It's really just, again, the whole reason I got into this business is lifestyle. So I want to just make sure that, my steps going forward complement my lifestyle. So things I like to do is travel. Like I've traveled, I've, I've been on an airplane, like the past 10 weekends minus like one weekend. Oh, I'm going I've to
1: seen that on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm going to Colorado on Tuesday. Like I, 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 I like traveling. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I like it. But the thing is, is like, I need to make sure my business, my structures, everything about what I'm doing is going to allow me to do that and that so that's my main goal um, i definitely want to you know continue to acquire property i'm going to be moving into the north carolina markets to actually buy instead of just managing i'm going to also buy there mm-hmm. um, i'm doing a lot of lot of education and community building as well helping other young folks like ourselves mm-hmm. get going um, but again, it all just really comes down to the, to the time freedom.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, All right, man. Well, that's, that was great. So I, this is about the time we'd usually transition to the next segment, which is questions from a cup, but due to me recently traveling to visit my wife's family in Ohio, I do not have my cup of questions. So we're going to go ahead and move right into the, your Mulligan section. So Austin, do you want to take question number one?
0: Yeah. So I guess we start off with in all of your investment career, what is your again? So what is the one thing that you would like redo? Uh, and then what did you learn from that? Mis- it, it could be a mistake or just something you'd could be like, ah, I didn't want to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, one thing I would say, I would probably like, I, I would say like the subject to deal we did, I probably would go back and not do it. It's and we're making, we're making good money on it. It was a really good deal. I just per- and I'm glad I'm, I'm I'm almost glad I did it because now I know firsthand the experience through it. And I you know, you know, I I have the ability to make the judgment on it. I'm personally not a fan of subject twos. Um now going through it, I realize it's just like it's too like it's almost like too sketchy for me. It mm-hmm. is it's totally legal. It's just it it's it just has so many little like nail biters to it that it's just like not my thing. So if I can go back, I probably wouldn't do it, but I'm kind of glad I did. So I know not to do it in the future.
0: All
1: right, gotcha. Now, is there, um, did you put in a rule or a system in place to prevent
2: yourself from making that same mistake again? Um, I guess just, we have like, it's, it's really like different tools in my tool belt. So like seller financing, cash, traditional financing. I pretty much just took out the subject to tool out of my tool belt. And I'm kind of throwing it away and, and not using it. So, you know, it's just, it's all, you know, nothing I have to really do except just not really think about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, catch me. So all I guess right, the cool. last question for this segment, uh, for those people that are listening to our podcast, wanting to be where you're at, what is the one piece of advice that you would give them?
2: One piece of advice is it is all about the network. You have to surround yourself with the right people. All of the limiting beliefs and pieces that people don't have and I didn't have when I started out is all going to be found through other people. So capital, deals, literally, as long as you can bring the hustle, mm-hmm. like you need the hustle no matter what. So if you, know, if you have the hustle, get around the right people and like that is really the the key to success. Nothing I nothing that I've done is because I'm smarter or anything than anybody else or started from a crazy different place. It's really just the people I surrounded myself with and that's it. So get get surrounded by the right people.
1: That's great, man. Well, we really appreciate you being on the show, so we're going to go ahead and get into our our last three questions. So, question number 1, what is the one thing you want people to know about yourself that we haven't had the chance to talk about today.
2: Hmm, One thing that I want people to know about myself that we have not had the chance to talk about yet. That's a really good question. And no, it doesn't have
1: to be super real estate related or anything. Okay. A hobby, a weird, weird task that you can do, weird.
2: Yeah. I I I guess first thing that comes to mind is I am so entrepreneurial driven and I have such shiny object syndrome Mm. that it's like ridiculous Um, and there's so many different businesses I want to start. And like, I love, I like, like, like the car washes, the laundromats, Mm -hmm. like all those little, like just cool, fun, little businesses. Like I love that stuff. Um, also a bunch of different asset classes I want to get into, but I have to stay my lane for now and just focus, focus, focus. And I'm doing that watching a couple of videos on the side on, on some other cool things, but I'm focusing, but, um, yeah, I would say, I would say I'm I'm very entrepreneurial driven, and and part of the reason why I am entrepreneurial driven is Shark Tank. That was like I still <laughs> love that show, but that's the that's like one of the biggest factors of why I even got started in the entrepreneurial journey, and that's kind of like my ultimate dream is to just like be the um, the visionary and kind of just move the pieces, and I just love that stuff.
1: So, so, so now, cool. on that note, do you see yourself staying in the in the short-term rental space? Or do you think you'll, you'll branch out to, you know, some more scalable things, some apartment complexes, mobile homes?
2: I'll, I'll branch out. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll branch out and maybe I'll, maybe I'll combine like multifamily and do one or two units on Airbnb or something like mm. that. But I, I mean, it, Airbnb I lo- It's great now. It, it can't be great. It can't be this good forever. It's like, it's just, everything has its cycles. Everything has its, like, its early adapters, and then it goes into its different cycles and slows down. It's going to happen, which is totally cool. There's still going to be, I think Airbnb's going to be around for a while. The idea of short-term rental is going to be around for a while, but um, I don't want to just be short-term rental focused because then I'll, I'll be stuck if things go down.
0: <laughs> gotcha. So what are you looking for right now and how can our audience help
2: that's a good question. So, two things that I'm actually looking for is number 1 one that I'm like ready to ready to jump on is someone to help me on the social media side. I'm trying to do a lot more content, just helping people, showing behind the scenes, and that's like another full-time job itself. Yeah. So, it's like I'm trying to spend my time making money and doing, you know, doing the real estate stuff, but the content piece is so important. I I've done such a Decent, like not very good job documenting my journey. I really want to do a better job at that, and I really need someone to help me with that. And then on the real estate side, I am soon soon to be looking for somebody to help me on the Airbnb short term rental side. Pretty much, in the in the perfect world, I want someone young hustler, kind of like me, who wants to just get in, learn the business, and um, I, I, I like keeping everything in house. So I want to build like a vertically integrated company, property management, ownership, all that fun stuff. And I want, um, so I I need help on my management arm right now. That's kind of what, that's kind of the piece I'm looking for. Oh, gotcha.
1: Well, that, That's that's interesting that you, you dogged on your social media game so hard because I look at yours and I'm like, man, you're posting like at least once a day. And I'm like, wow, we, we don't even post once a week. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, shoot, we got to get to Bailey's level. And you're saying you're not even on the level that you want to be at. So that, that's kind of crazy, <laughs> but um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So closing out here, where can people find more about you?
2: Number one place right now is Instagram. That's like my central hub anything that's important that I have to say or to lead anyone to is through Instagram. So it's like the underscore Bailey underscore Kramer, or just look up Bailey Kramer on the internet and I should hopefully pop up um, somewhere on there. And um, yeah. And I, I always encourage any anybody of any, any point of your journey, whether you just found out what real estate investing was from this podcast or I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Reach out to me on Instagram, DM me. I like meeting new people. I like helping out when I can. So, um, yeah,
1: sweet. That's great, man. Well, this has been super awesome. We haven't had anybody on the show yet that is into these short term rentals, so this has been a a great way to see your perspective, and especially somebody so young, it just proves that you know that there's no excuses for you can get in any time and make it work if you have the hustle sure. and the network. So, we really appreciate you being on, man.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys.
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We hope you gain something from today's episode and put it into action right away.
0: Please make sure to share, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mulligans underscore underscore. This helps us to grow and share more great stories. My name is Austin Cole. I'm Hayden Wright, signing Signing off. off.